Welcome to KC Corner, episode 166. How is uh, Colt Fleming doing? Oh my there? goodness, Colt Fleming is rocking it. When you come into the world at 10 pounds, 9 ounces, you know, I mean, you you, uh, you own the world. Is he, already, awesome. is he already 20 pounds? He's looking to be an offensive lineman? Yes, he is. He's got his learner's permit. He's Good. trying to learn how to drive. And, uh, <laughs> he's got a know, beard already. He's got a beard. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he had his first beer with his dad. And so, uh, <laughs> no, he's... He's great. Uh, the Flemings are an amazing. Uh, Jesse, our daughter, and Todd, our son-in-law, with four kids, four and under. Um, it's amazing. But I got to tell you, what I learned from them is that, you know, just being up in their household, Brooks, they really feel like they're called to live for the Lord in a way of walking by faith. And it's like, it's not always going to be easy. It's like, uh, they understand. They they feel when I look at their life, it feels like it's more on mission than mm-hmm. most. And uh, even though it just may look on the outside like a normal household, um, I think the reality is is instead of complaining and trying to figure out, oh, man, this is all these kids and all these things. I think when you live for something beyond yourself, um, it's it's energizing mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool to see. Well, four kids is definitely beyond yourself. It's, oh, my gosh. It's energizing but also can drain some energy, I can imagine. I'm sure there's mornings they wake up and like, oh, oh my goodness, Yeah, I'm tired. grandparents is that way. You know, it's it's interesting because now I have a daughter who's got as many kids as we have, you know? So that's a weird thing. You know, mm-hmm. we that's had a lot four, of names to keep track of. That's a lot of names. It's confusing, especially around Christmas. A lot of presents. But mm-hmm. but she did it in such a short amount of time. You know, mm-hmm. we spread it out. But uh, but she's like, oh, well, let's get this done. So uh, <laughs> what, a, what a great household, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, There's lots household. of laughs and everything. Oh, no, there is. There. <laughs> there is. It's it's a great household. It's a lot of fun. Well, we can jump Tiring. into the yeah. We can jump into the good stuff we missed last week, but for for good reasoning, uh, hanging out with Grant. Yeah, which was a, which a good call. So um, hey, we're we're gonna pick back up. I think we got like uh, kind of two weeks worth. We're gonna mm-hmm. look at Luke chapter twenty in the middle of it, verse twenty seven, and then go through twenty two thirty eight. We're gonna open up the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Great book. We're going to be in chapters one through in the middle of six, and then Proverbs right in the middle. We're eighteen through twenty-two. And then we another amazing book, Isaiah, we're one through twenty-six. So mm-hmm. we got some stuff to cover. Yeah, we got Brooks. a big old chunk of Isaiah there. At yeah, the end. exactly. I love <laughs> it. Covering, I think, nine days of the Bible reading schedule. Wow. So, which which is <laughs> Let's awesome. Let's jump in. So, hey, listen, everybody. Thanks for listening with us. So, uh, you know, the story in Luke starts off with Jesus is in the temple. He's being questioned. He's being questioned by different folks and. The, the passage we start with is this uh, passage where the Sadducees, who are a religious sect, Brooks, that do, do not believe in the resurrection. They think this is all about life now. There's nothing in the afterlife. So they try to chick, trick Jesus with a question regarding a Leverite uh, law, which was a weird law where if somebody's uh, 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 husband dies... The brother of the widow, uh, the brother who's died, should marry the widow. So making sure that she always has a heir and a child. And so they come up with this really weird question like, hey, there's these seven guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all wind up marrying the same girl because they keep dying off. And Jesus, when you get to heaven and the resurrection, whose wife will she be? They think they got him. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like, oh, man, we got him in a corner. And he's just like, have you guys not read the word? I mean... In heaven, what's coming, it's not going to have marriage or giving in marriage the way we do here. But then he knows where they're going. goes, hey, listen, God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And basically saying, those people are alive because they had faith in me. And uh, he shuts them up. And I love it because the other people who weren't Jesus' fans were like, oh, good answer, Jesus. Good answer. (laughs) You got the Sadducees. But, uh, 
you know, often people look at that and they try to interpret marriage when it comes to heaven uh, or the new heavens and the new earth. But remember, I, I like remembering that Jesus wasn't teaching on marriage. He was refuting bad theology of resurrection. Mm -hmm. This is more about the resurrection than it really is. And then and then Jesus does what he does best. He turns the table. He says, let me ask you fellas a question. Here are all the <laughs> religious, you know, all the big-hatted people. And he's like, hey, you know, Jesus uh, asked about the Messiah. He says, now, tell me about the Messiah. It, is, is he David's son or is he David's Lord? Because he's coming from the line of David. And then he quotes Psalm 110 which is so cool. Mm -hmm. uh, my Lord said to my Lord, which is basically David is saying, my God said to my Savior, you know, you know, sit at uh, your, come sit at my right hand until all your enemies are, uh, are a footstool. Mm -hmm. um, and they couldn't answer it. Mm -hmm. And so here is, I mean, Jesus is a descendant of David and yet he is David's Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really cool. The, the Sadducees are probably lucky that uh, social media didn't exist at this point because in this little section of the Bible where Jesus kind of is getting questioned and just dunks on people, uh, it reminds me of just like uh, like Ben Shapiro clips or anything like that of just like people <laughs> yeah. testing him and him just like spouting off and, and totally owning them on, on facts and logic. Yeah, just completely like taking their, their, their bogus questions. Like you said, they, they're planning these questions ahead. They've got yeah. a crew with them. They're like yeah. rubbing their hands together we got them this time yeah. and then they just get dumped then on. they got dumped on. <laughs> it was it was it was so cool that's what i, I that's it. what i keep thinking when i read those little sections or, or parts of verses yeah that's a that's a pretty cool ben shapiro shout out you know <laughs> so that's awesome uh, then you know chapter 21 starts with a really interesting little story uh again in the temple of a widow putting in into the treasury uh just these widows might is this like little teeny copper coins that mm -hmm. really didn't amount to like a couple of pennies and uh you know jesus saying you know when other people are bringing in big amounts so everybody can see it uh he says hey she gave out of everything she had she mm -hmm. gave out of her poverty and uh you think about giving you know i mean god gives to us first and foremost and and jesus gave to us everything and he wants from us everything. You know, there is a certain thing where we should be giving God his tithes. That's a 10% of what we make and offerings on top of that. But we ultimately need to be like that widow and just give our lives. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yep. And I know that topic came up in our vision dinner and we've had some new people, you know, start to join our church, maybe new to the Christian faith and hadn't heard that before. So, yeah. and then, you know, it's a, it's a normal thing having every Sunday part of our worship service, but you know, people may when they get to that point, like, what the heck is going on well, here? You know, and it can, sometimes it can feel slimy, and rightfully so, in a sense, because it has been used in a slimy way. It's mm -hmm. been manipulated. I mean, churches, sadly, uh, have oftentimes, you know, in a, in a wrong or false way, tried to leverage money for their own gain. But, mm -hmm. you know, if we look at Scripture, there's an obedience that we're called to of giving to God. Um, you know, we're not giving Him something He doesn't uh, have or need. We're doing it because he's told us this is how he wants to use to advance the kingdom and how he wants to support the ministry. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I liked what Mr. Talby said when he was up there. He's like, in my world, this is called revenue, but yeah. like, but the church doesn't call it revenue. Yeah. It's not it's not trying to gain for a profit. It's like you said, trying to expand the kingdom, and exactly. it's you. It's, it's used in another way. <laughs> exactly. You know, even with the church finances, it's like you know. I remember being a pastor. You tell people, you tell the elders always. Remember, we're not in this to make money. Right? Mm -hmm. You know. Our goal is to advance kingdom. So what ministries we support, you know, mm -hmm. what, what do we need? And so I always get a little leery if, 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 if churches, you know, everybody should save for a rainy day. 
But if a church's rainy day fund is so huge, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, we're hoarding it. We're yeah. not trusting in God. Let's let's uh, let's invest this and mm-hmm. uh, into the kingdom. Let's give this away. So anyway, so then even in 21, he started to talk about the destruction of the temple and the end times. It kind of turns. It's 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 not an easy read. It's trying like shake your head like mm-hmm. what's going on. But he says something that's really interesting. He says, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, because when you read about prophecy, um, whether it's in the Gospels or it's one of the epistles or or in the Old Testament, um, it's you always want to know when, you know, how did this affect the, the audience who's hearing it? What did it mean to them? What does it mean to us? How does this been affected by Christ's life, death and resurrection? But there's, there's a, a theological or eschatological view called preterist, which believe that a lot of Jesus's teachings on the end times were actually going to be fulfilled in that lifetime, you know? So the temple will be destroyed in 70 AD in, the, in that generation. But we know that there's a lot of things that he says that are still to come. And so it's like, it's like these prophecies have a time bomb to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, boom, they go off here, but there's more coming down. And I, I got to tell you what, Brooks, that's about as far as I can go, you know, because <laughs> it's still, it's interesting uh, to me. So, uh, and, it, and it closes up that chapter of like, hey, he's teaching in the temple. That was his routine after the triumphal entry before he's crucified. And then he goes to the Mount of Olives and we know mm-hmm. that's where he's going to be arrested. So, and that's through that in the next chapter where Judas agrees to betray him. He knows where he's going to be. And then you have this really cool thing uh, in 22 of the Last Supper. And, you know, I think the Last Supper, people understand what is happening, but sometimes we miss the context, Brooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's during the Passover. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big Jewish feast. That's one of the main Jewish feasts. You know, for the Passover, what what did they sacrifice for the Passover? A uh, lamb. Yeah, mm-hmm. the spotless lamb. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was that representing? Them being set free from slavery and headed to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And here Jesus, the true Passover land, setting us free from the slavery of sin and death, mm-hmm. leading us to the true promised land of heaven in time with him. You know, here he is, uh, the host of the meal. And really also he says, hey, this bread is my body. This wine is like my my, my blood poured out. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of talk about betrayal and death. And you got my man Peter saying, hey, I'm going to die with you, Jesus. These other knuckleheads, <laughs> they, they may fall away, but I'm your boy. You know, I, I got you. I got you. And Jesus looks at him and says, okay, Peter, you know, before the rooster crows, you're going to be denying me three times. And, you know, it's uh, it's just so poignant. What an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Judas, who was one of the disciples in, in that upper room, I think we're going to talk about him a little bit in Hebrews 6 in our next section, but uh, yeah. uh, like losing salvation. So yeah. I think that'll come up here in a little bit. Wow. Look at you. A <laughs> little, little, little uh, uh, foreshadowing. So, uh, so the book of Hebrews an incredible book. Um, we don't know who wrote it. Um, it's it's uh, it, it uses more Old Testament imagery than almost any book in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, it's incredible stuff. And it really, it's going to say, okay, for anybody who knows the story of uh, Israel and the Jewish history, and you have all these figures that emerge, you know, you have angels and you have Moses, the prophet, and you have Aaron, the priest, and you have all these David, the king. It's going to say Jesus is better. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole thing about Hebrews, it should, it should just say Jesus is better than everything else. Mm-hmm. And he's everything pointed to him. Like it starts off with, hey, in the past, very in the beginning, 
in, in former times and former ways, God spoke to us uh, through the prophets. But in these end times, so these are the end times, uh, God speaks to us through his son, who's the mm-hmm. exact image of God. I mean, this is God in flesh. And it's kind of like a, I think we've talked about this over the years. Uh, it's kind of like a mic drop. You mm-hmm. know, if the son speaks, you don't need anybody else to speak. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you ever been at a wedding and, you know, someone gives a speech that they're supposed to, then somebody else wants to give a speech. You're like, sit down, man. You don't, <laughs> you know, you don't have the mic. And uh, uh, it makes me angry when people want to add to Jesus's words, but it's going to say, hey, listen, he, Jesus, he's a better prophet. He's better than angels. You know, what angels did God ever said? You know, you are my only begotten son. Uh, he's better than Moses. I mean, Moses and God spoke face to face, but Jesus speaks as God. Mm-hmm. And Moses tried to give his people rest in the promised land, but it didn't work. But Jesus gives us true rest in the new promised land to come. And he's a better priest than Aaron. He And he ties in this really interesting figure called Melchizedek. He, he appears in the book of Genesis way back with Abraham after he rescued Lot. Uh, and, and Melchizedek, he was a king and he was a priest, um, uh, king of righteousness, uh, a king of peace. Um, and that's what his name means. And it's also quoted in Psalm 110. But, you know, it's just Jesus is better. But what I love about the first six chapters, Brooks, is that even though he's it's like big and bad and awesome, he's not ashamed to call you and me brother, it mm-hmm. says in 2.11. He, you know, he became like us in every way, tempted like us. And you're going to be hanging out with your friends this next couple of days, and they're going to be like brothers to you, and you're going to feel so comfortable with them. You grew up with them. You love them. But this is, you know, Jesus, who's so much greater, uh, yet he's not ashamed to call us brothers and to hang out with us. And then... The Jesus, it says in two, chapter 210, he's perfected through suffering. Mm-hmm. Talk about mind-blowing. Isn't he perfect anyway? He's sinless. <laughs> Can you imagine being perfected through suffering? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like uh, I just got this picture that jumped in my mind. Some meat is better when you tenderize it, you know? Mm-hmm. We had this growing up, we had this little hammer that would like hammer on the meat to mm-hmm. try to make it a little bit softer, tender. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the suffering, all the hammering on the the only son of God, the perfect lamb of God, he was better through suffering because he relates to us mm-hmm. and he can sympathize with us. It's uh, it's really pretty darn cool. Yeah. And it always fascinates me when I, I didn't know this till like last year, how many books of the Bible we don't necessarily know the author and especially Hebrews with kind of deep theology uh, is is pretty incredible. It's like, we're, we're not really sure. I was listening to one sermon from R.C. Sproul. He was, it was in Hebrews, and he talked about it. He's like, we don't know who the author is, but my guess is it's the same person who wrote Galatians, which is obviously Paul. Like, it, it kind of has some Paul ideas and a little bit of how he wrote, but we're, we're not 100% sure yeah. of who it is. And yeah. it's, we try to make guesses, but at the yeah. end of the day, not sure. And, you know, when we're in seminary, it's something you got to do. And it's interesting. I would tell you it's not Paul because... He clearly says, hey, what we've received from others, we pass on to you. And Paul makes it really clear, especially in Galatians. He's saying like, hey, I didn't receive this from others. I received this directly from God. Mm-hmm. But um, and we had to spend some time figuring out who who was it? Was it Apollo? Mm-hmm. Who? But it's interesting, too. The, the King James, when it first came out, they didn't feel comfortable not knowing. So they gave it credit to Paul. They said <laughs> it's the apostle. Well, you take it. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul's got it. But the, I think there's like 200 words that it uses in Hebrews that Paul doesn't use. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, but then you talked about, you gave us the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And so in chapter six is one of the harder chapters in the Bible. It talks about, you know, those 
who have tasted the heavenly gift. I mean, that's probably they've taken communion. They've been somewhat sanctified. They've been made holy uh, because of Christianity. Um, you know, if they fall away, they there's no hope for them to coming back. They're kind of mm -hmm. like trampling on the cross. And, you know, somebody who believes that you could lose your salvation, I'm sure that this is a proof text. Like, wait a minute. They were taking communion. They 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 were somehow made better. They were somehow sanctified from being around Christians and they fell away. But you look at all of scripture and you realize a true follower, a true converted soul is not, Jesus is not going to lose them. And mm -hmm. uh, so, but that's, that's a hard thing. You know, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is going on here? You have to really hit pause and say, okay, they tasted the heavenly fruit i mean what is that all about and uh they, they were somewhat sanctified what, what, do, what do you have you, you got open. on that section it uh in my bible with all the notes on on the chapter six page it's an entire page of uh subtext and notes yeah. and describing what is being said in just these few verses so like you said it's definitely one of the more difficult chapters to read in the yeah. bible and i know uh kind of growing up when people would say like oh how could this person you know they disown the faith and people would say like oh you know, they're probably never actually a Christian. And I was like, I feel like that's kind of like a, I don't know, a cover up or something like that. But, but it kind of actually says that in the Bible, almost those exact words. I'm trying to find it here in chapter six, but basically saying like, they never actually knew me. They never yeah. actually knew Jesus. Yeah, depart from me. They mm -hmm. never knew him. Yeah. And, and they, they gave the, the example of Judas of he dined at the Last Supper. He was with the disciples for, you know, a, a couple of years and he still, you know, went away from the faith. And he tasted the uh, heavenly gift of the Passover. He tasted it just like people, they know there's people who join the church. Uh, some aren't going to get in just because you join the church. Some mm -hmm. really haven't surrendered their life to Christ. So I think that's really... Uh, what's what's happening here mm -hmm. so uh uh yeah but chapter six has some has some depth to it that's for sure no it really it really does the whole book does i mm -hmm. mean the whole book is really weighty and it's uh it's the deep water i think mm -hmm. if somebody comes to christ and they don't have any background in the old testament i don't think this would be the first book you'd want to look at because mm -hmm. it'd be like melchizedek priest yeah what what's going on here but yeah, some of you, the other epistles are definitely a little easier to follow because yeah. you don't need as much background context. Co correct, it. you know. But but at the same time, I don't know if there's a better one that weaves the whole story that mm -hmm. is picking up and quoting so much. It's just it's just awesome. It's great so, stuff, and we'll, yeah, we'll have another week at least of it in Hebrews. Yeah, oh man, we need at least another week. So, <laughs> all right, then we're back in the Proverbs, right? In the meat mm -hmm. of it, uh, Proverbs uh, eighteen through twenty two. Uh, you know, I, I thought about 18 starts off, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, um, but he breaks against all sound judgment. I mean, just, you know, sin has a tendency to make us isolate. And mm -hmm. uh, I know some dear friends in my life who, when things get bad, they isolate. They, they, they kind of detach themselves from community. And, you know, nothing grows good in the dark and the isolation. It's mm -hmm. just, it's just, uh, uh, anyway, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, um, yeah, so, you know, God's made us for community, and it's really important to stay in community. Oh, yeah, we're still in kind of the quick one-hitters of Proverbs here, and the, that next one is, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And, yeah, again, yeah. A, lot of, yeah. a lot of those same, like, just, I don't even know what the, they're, they're Proverbs is what they are, yeah. of just 
fools will just keep talking over people and never listen and it, never want to understand the other side. It seems like uh, social media gave them a platform. A lot of fools yes, have a platform. For sure. Gonna, and you can hide behind a keyboard and yeah, hide behind a phone. say all kinds of crazy things. So, <laughs> uh, you know, in 18, I thought down as well, that it, it tells us that, that the Lord's name is a strong tower. I love mm -hmm. that his name is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that God gave us his name, um, to know it's like a handle a, a name gives us access a handle and, and it also is going to say a name that is above all names gives us a uh, a, a tower a, a mm -hmm. refuge and it's going to remind us pride again comes before destruction that's one of those things i think we talked about brooks it just there's some themes that keep the the beat of that keeps going mm -hmm. um you know it's going to say in 22 uh he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord come on brooksy <laughs> Uh, you know, March 12th, is that right? Oh, that yeah. was it. Yep. Uh, you know, you found a wife, you mm -hmm. found favor of the Lord. So that was awesome. And I love that. And then I think of you, you're, I know you're going to go tomorrow and have a great time with some of your best friends that you grew up with. But to me, 1824 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have a lot of associates and when things get bad, you know, you look behind you and they're gone. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a true friend is when... The bottom falls out even mm -hmm. if you self-destruct then they're there you yeah know? that's that's those are the ones that have your back and mm -hmm. I, I love that because i know your life and i know you're connected to some great friends and you just know they're going to be there mm -hmm. i can imagine being like a uh big celebrity musician athlete whatever and all of a sudden like over two years you can become super famous and everything but you know that those type of careers are short-lived. They, yeah. they burn fast usually. And, you know, once you start to deteriorate, your career winds down. A lot of those people leave you. They fade away. And I, I can't even imagine the feeling of that. Like, I used to have all these friends and yeah. go to all these events friends. and everything. Yeah, yeah, quote, friends. And it's yeah. like, wait, you look up and like, where are they? Yeah, it's so, it's so true. And uh, it really goes to show, too, that, you know, just having a bunch of people around you isn't what it's about. It's mm -hmm. about having people who know and love you. They'll stand next to you mm -hmm. through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, I think also, I think that in chapter 19, one of the things I love was many of the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's uh, plan will prevail. I mean, mm -hmm. his decree. And, and so it helps me remember that, you know, I could plan a lot of things, but ultimately there is a God who's sovereign mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, seek his will. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. It's hard to, when you get asked that question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? It's hard to like answer that seriously. Sometimes, at least for me, I'm just like, I'm not really sure. Like I kind of know <laughs> sort of like yeah. what, what I yeah. want, but who knows what's actually going to happen. Like whatever I say has no contingency on what's actually going to happen. But you know, it's exciting because you're, uh, you're 27, seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm 57, uh, and so, you know, the, the next five years for you, I mean, that man, the the, the uh, it's a lot broader than the next five years for me. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to start a new career. You know? And, and uh, so it's exciting, Brooks. But, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, you're loved. You know that God has a plan, and mm -hmm. you know that He's given you a wife, and you know that He's blessed you with Amy, and He's mm -hmm. blessed you with great friends and family. Uh, so wherever you go, mm -hmm. you know, that's just. He's going to be with you. It's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Oh, yeah. It was very cool. It's just kind of exciting. You know? mm -hmm. It's like, what an adventure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, back way back when, when I was a youth pastor, uh, sang a song, uh, you know, saddle up your horses, you know, for the great adventure. And that's what the Christian life is. Like, mm -hmm. You know, saddle up because oh, here yeah. we go. You mm -hmm. know? 
And then in chapter 20, let's just finish up. It says, wine is a mocker and strong drinks a brawler. Uh, not a baller, but a brawler. <laughs> and I just, you know, hey, uh, I love the fact that my my understanding of Christianity and reading the Bible is it's not that we have to be teetotalers. Uh, we should always be respectful of those around us, but we got to be careful of what we uh, what we put into our bodies that could be a, a numbing agent or, you know, just kind of, yeah, they just got to be careful. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to be reminded, strong drink is a brawler. And, uh, Even back then, they knew that that caused, like, bar fights and yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, it's football season, and part of uh, football season is not only just the great sport, but also the fan fights that yeah. pop up on Twitter uh, oh, each gosh. Sunday and Saturday yeah, after there games. there was somebody killed in the stands. It's uh, crazy. At, at it's the, crazy. There, a guy yeah. was getting arrested, and someone was chirping in his face, and he headbutted him and knocked him out. Like, yeah. the football fans... And drinking and getting in fights is, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, and they they found a, uh, a young man about your age in a sewer next to the Buffalo Stadium. Wow, I didn't hear about that na- one. Naked and kind of uh, all covered in all stuff you don't want to be covered in. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I, I could imagine that the people uh, doing that probably had something in their system. I think so. <laughs> but it's not just that, because I, I think of the number of people I know in the ministry, the pastors, who, who alcohol has become... Um, a, a real problem mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they've had to step out because mm-hmm. and i get it you know you got you're carrying a lot of burden you just like i'm gonna take the edge off but, yeah um, but then also 20 it says young men you know the, the glory is your strength um you think you hit the ball further than me now but, <laughs> but you know the old men gray hairs are splendor so mm-hmm. don't forget bro i got glory i got splendor you may have some strength but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one day right. i'll have gray hair yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Hey, at least you have hair uh, no, that, yes, that's, a, that's well, a good very, thing very excited for that so <laughs> All right, then Isaiah. Isaiah, yes. a major prophet, um, a major prophet that gives us a lot of pointing to about Jesus. There's a, there's so much uh, that's going to point to him, probably more in later in the book than earlier. Mm-hmm. But it starts off, it says, hey, listen, you're a rebellious people. I mean, he's mostly talking to, Isaiah is more talking to uh, the southern kingdom of Judah. You know, Israel's already in exile, uh, the northern kingdom. Um, but the... Uh, He's like, you guys are so rebellious, you're so terrible. But even in chapter one, it's like your sins are like scarlet, but let us reason together. You know, I mean, you're going to be forgiven. I can make them white as snow, basically. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that God is in this book and throughout scripture is going to often say, you you know, if you're not doing the right thing, if you're not embracing God, judgment is coming. But he always gives us a hope and you know, in Isaiah uh, chapter seven, it's going to tell us uh, that a that a virgin is going to be with child. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that's going to give us hope. And in chapter nine, there's going to say that a light's going to shine to the Gentiles coming out of that Galilee area, and you shall call him wonderful counselor. You know, uh, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. I got that order a little bit messed up. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he's going to be from the line of David. You know, chapter 11 is going to talk about this weird, like this branch, this stump that's going to come up from the line of Jesse, which is David's line. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, a Messiah is coming. They're so, so in there is some really cool stuff. And I, I got like chapter 12 through 24 is a lot of judgment on the nations. Okay, yes. You're going to be toast. You're going to be toast. <laughs> We're going to put you in the toaster. Um, but even the little section we have, you know, 25 and 26 is going to end it with praise. And, uh, He's always going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to provide a remnant. So what do we learn from this? P, 
People rebellious, God is forgiven. Mm -hmm. God is just, and there is a judgment coming, but he provides a way out. Mm -hmm. God provides it himself. A virgin's going to be with a child, and this one's going to be born who will be the wonderful counselor, who will be the mighty God, who will be the everlasting father, who will be the prince of peace. He will come from the branch of Jesse. He's going to come in the promise of David. Um, and, and yes, there will be judgment. We know that Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. It's going to come through him, mm -hmm. but he's going to save us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read that section or the beginning of 11 there. Uh, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins pretty cool mm -hmm. and i just when you read it i just think of jesus's baptism with the spirit coming upon him you know spirit of the lord will be upon him mm -hmm. and empowering him and, and uh again we see jesus not so much as the one who's it's the judge smashing things to pieces when he first came we see him becoming the judgment for us being smashed to pieces but you know, we read through scripture, we know that there's one day he's going to judge the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. I was telling you before, like on Isaiah, it is a, it's very interesting read and it's a, it's a great read, but I was like, I don't have much to say on like a podcast of how to break it down necessarily. Yeah. It's just like, I read it and I'm like, whoa, that is, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to summarize the it, points. It, it is. I think the big picture is, hey, God's people are sinful. They need a savior. He promises salvation mm -hmm. and start looking for that promise, that branch, that root, that child, that suffering servant, that one he's going to emerge, who's going to set us free, who's going to take away our sins so that are scarlet and make us white as snow. Mm -hmm. And this last section in 25 here, he will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces oh, and on. the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. Hasten the day. Mm -hmm. Hasten the day. That's awesome. And you know, that sounds like, you know, the first Corinthians 15, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And mm -hmm. he, He's trampled death by death, and uh, yeah, it's going to be wiping away all of our tears. It Love be, it. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So, Brooks, you were saying you didn't have a lot to say to Isaiah. I think you're crushing it. Well, I'm not. I'm just reading. I'm not just saying, no original <laughs> thoughts here. Just just reading. Who's got original thoughts, Brooks? <laughs> Are you kidding? There's no such thing. So, uh, all right. Well, there you have it. Yeah, that was a big chunk. We nailed it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Look at fun. us. Oh, my goodness. It was great. Hey, listen, thank you all for listening. And I love uh, uh, every once in a while I get a text from somebody who's listening, you know, in different places. Uh, I got one recently for somebody um, up in Mississippi that was listening to us, one of our missionary uh, uh, supporters that we support, son. So, you know, just to... Just to know that different people are listening uh, and, and uh, journeying with us is awesome. So mm -hmm. thank you, everybody. And thank you, Brooks. Thanks mm -hmm. for your faithfulness for this. It's been fun this year. It's been, it's been fun. we got a few more months left. We're going we're gonna to nail it. Hey, listen, I want to end with this. This is random. But, uh, you know, I always love this show, The Wonder Years. Uh, it was a show that 
kind of kind of set in my setting, so I loved it. And, and there was a, the main character was Winnie Cooper, and reminded me of my wife Katie. And I always kind of like, oh, I love this Winnie Cooper because it made me think of my Katie. I, I read this morning in the news she came a Christian, and she's she's reading through the Bible. And I saw a little interview on her with her. She said, you know, it's a long book, but I'm going to get through it. It's an amazing <laughs> book, and it made us think of us. I mean, it is mm-hmm. a long book, it it, is. but it is an amazing book, and it is it's a journey. And there's some things that are more understandable than others, but for everybody, like, uh, I, I can't remember Winnie Cooper's real name, sorry, uh, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's awesome. It's great it to do it with you. There's a reason there's a, it's a schedule for a whole year. You exactly. Know, it's, it's a thick book, that's it for sure. It is a thick book. Well, that's all I got. That's all. You know, we, I have a lot, lot of things. It's hot up here. Church. we, we got to turn the AC on. I know, let's go. <laughs> right. Hey, blessings, everybody. See you guys Sunday.